the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and all-star coffee achiever. It's good to be with you today on this all-star game day here in Los Angeles and Southern California. I hope that you are planning to enjoy the game if you like baseball, or even if you don't, hope you're planning to enjoy it. This You can consider this your pregame show. That's what we're going to do, your all-star pregame show right here, Southern California Live. You can join the conversation. Just give me a call at 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557-888-LA-TALKS. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. It's a hot day outside. Maybe later we'll talk about the heat that's going across Europe, which it's hot, hot for them. I'm not sure that it's hot for us, but uh, it's hot and uh, nice and warm, though. I'm liking it outside as far as the weather goes. It is, as I mentioned, uh, the All-Star Game. You plan to watch lots of Southern California teams represented, all three teams represented, of course. And uh, Clayton Kershaw getting the start here in a little bit. That's That's a good thing for our town. You know, we have some great stories here. The great thing about baseball it's true about anything, probably. You will always find people of faith. You will always find people who do amazing things where the game itself really is just something that is there that is the mechanism or it is the the path that God put them on to strengthen their faith, to strengthen the faith of others. And uh, there's a lot of those stories. In the Los Angeles Times today, Andrew Campa, Andrew J. Campa, wrote an article about Rachel Robinson, Jackie Robinson's wife, who turns 100 years old today. She's still alive, lives in uh, New York, I believe, and 100 years old. She was here just a couple of months ago. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Dodgers um, celebrated Jackie Robinson's uh, 75th anniversary of his breaking baseball's color barrier, and 99 years old, almost 100, she was here for that. I think that's uh, just super impressive. And I read this article, and I thought, she's very impressive in her own. I didn't know all of this about her. And I want to share some of that with you. And in the context of doing that, I want to ask this question, you know, what are some areas in your life where you, your faith brought you through some really tough times? Maybe some challenges that, uh, maybe you brought the challenges on yourself, but maybe they're just challenging things that you were called upon to do for whatever reason. How has your faith, how did your faith bring you through that? You can call at any time and uh, share your story, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, I like the story of uh, the Robinsons because um, I'm a baseball fan and I'm a Dodger fan, and that's you know that's part of it. But there is so much courage in the Jackie Robinson story that you're familiar with, and his courage and dignity in the face of uh, horrific racism that he had to put up with, with all of that. He has a famous quote. It's etched on his tombstone, actually, in Brooklyn. And it says this, quote, A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. And that's something that was 
I think behind the life, still is behind the life of Rachel Robinson and was certainly behind Jackie Robinson's life. I have a photo of Jackie Robinson in my house and it's a famous picture. It's all framed and my parents made this for me a few years ago and uh, he's stealing home and his hat's flying off and you can tell he's safe and the umpire's already making the safe thing and it's such a, it's an inspiring photo for a whole lot of reasons and I'm, it's been in my son John's room and we just moved, and so nothing's on the wall yet. And I'm thinking I'm going to take it back and put it in my office. I like it. And it's really mine, you know. But he's he's been inspired by it, so I let him have it. He he asked to leave it in his room a while ago. I'm like, all right, well, I kind of like it. But uh, he put it in there. And, you know, I it's inspiring because it, you know, he'll ask me, well, who are these people on there? And I can tell the story. That's the purpose of the picture when I have it in my office. You know, people will, I think, recognize if they're a baseball fan that it's Jackie Robinson. It's wearing a Brooklyn Dodger uniform. You know, you can tell. Um, it's an inspiring story of how somebody can overcome hate and adversity. And I want my kids to know his story. And I want to know whatever I want them to know that whatever they might face, they can overcome that, too. I want you to know that if you're listening, that whatever you you might be facing, you can overcome it. And one of the things that's often ignored in the Robinson story is their Christian faith. And I want my kids to also know how his faith and her faith relates to their ability to overcome some uh, very difficult things. The Robinsons are from Los Angeles area. Uh, Jackie Robinson uh, is from John Muir Tech, graduated from uh, Pasadena Junior College in UCLA, made the Brooklyn Dodgers debut on April fifteenth, 1947. He met Rachel at UCLA. And, you know, when you when you take a look at his story and you see the faith element. It's there, but he didn't talk about it a lot till he got a little bit older. And But Branch Rickey, who signed him for the Dodgers, who encouraged him that he needed to have guts enough not to fight back. That's a big part of his story. As the first black man in the major leagues, he was going to endure racist taunts. It was going to be awful. And everybody knew that. And they were both wise enough to understand that if you just fought back, if you didn't turn the other cheek to it, that you would not be successful. When Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek, it's not because he wants us to to be weak. Instead, it's about being strong. And the whole idea is that when you turn the other cheek, when somebody else is obviously the doing the wrong thing, it forces everybody to focus on the wrongdoer. And if you just do wrong back, well, then you you sort of equalize yourself with the people who are doing the bad things. And that was the big deal. And uh, after Jackie Robinson had established himself after, I think it was a three-year agreement. You're not allowed to fight back for three years. After that, he was allowed to, but by then he had established himself. By then, it he he already had the credibility and he had the character that people knew his character so that he could do that. So he was asked to uh, have the guts enough not to fight back. And uh, it did cost him, though. There's always a cost. Dodgers publicist Irving Rudd, according to this article in the L.A. Times, said that Robinson's fortitude and silence came at a high price. And he said, I'm certain that Jackie's forced cool during those first seasons in Brooklyn cost him a couple decades of his life. Uh, indeed, he died when he was um, 53, just 53 years old. And... Uh, you know, maybe that did have something to do with it. I can imagine that he did. You know, the movie 42, did you see that movie? It's a good movie, a, a fun movie. I thought it probably wasn't harsh enough, actually, though. I think they wanted a PG rating. And in order to do that, I think you really had to edit out the horrific violence and hate 
Uh, otherwise, you would have got an R rating. I think if you really needed to present what really happened to Jackie Robinson and Rachel Robinson during that period of time, it would have taken an R rating to really present that. And, you know, that was a criticism I had of that film was it's not that I'm out there saying you should put that stuff in your movies, but there, there's, there's something real about that, right? That if you really want to tell the story, you've got to show it for what it is. And it was it was in the story and the hate was there and the, the racial attacks, the threats on his life, all those kinds of things, they were in the story. But I think it's a lot worse than what that story um, depicts. But there's an interesting line in that story where – Jackie Robinson goes to Branch Rickey where he's getting signed, and uh, the reason behind the decision, Rickey tells uh, the head scout that he plans to sign uh, uh, Jackie Robinson. He says this. Now, this line isn't something that apparently was really said, um, but it's an interesting line in the movie because in the movie they did want to at least have a nod in the direction that Jackie Robinson and and Rachel Robinson were Christians, and so was Branch Rickey, and he said, well— Robinson's a Methodist, and I'm a Methodist. God's a Methodist. We can't go wrong. That's kind of a funny line. Now, he never said it. It's Hollywood, you know, getting that in there. But I thought it's important to put his faith in there. Because how would you get through what he had to go through and do it so well and so heroically without faith? Well, he he didn't. He went through it with faith. And uh, that's a really good thing. So in the, in the LA Times article, we talk about Jackie Robinson all the time, and it's worth it. Jackie Robinson statue at Dodger Stadium. If you ever get a chance to go up there and see it, it's amazing. Uh, I've got pictures of my my kids, you know, next to it. I got to tell the whole story. You know, this is the guy who's on your wall, and here's a story. And and uh, what they've done with Dodger Stadium, if you haven't been up there in a few years, uh, it's amazing. They've completely changed it, you know, uh, and you can walk all around the stadium now. You know, they used to, you know, keep you uh, separated like it's the Titanic, which it was the Titanic in the 1990s. And they used to keep you separate from the different levels. So if you had a reserve seat, the upper level ticket, you're just not even allowed to go downstairs. I think even in a fire or an earthquake, you would not be allowed to exit the lower level of the stadium. You had to go out. Now you can go everywhere at Dodger Stadium, and uh, which it makes it kind of fun. And the center field area is completely redone. It's a great place to hang out. Big screen. You won't miss the game. And uh, the lines go relatively fast if you're down there to get some kind of food. Anyway, that's where the statue is. There might be a second one up at the top, but I think uh, uh, the main one is right there in center field if you ever get a chance to do that. Check it out. You might even see it on TV today at the All-Star Game up there. Well, we don't talk a lot about Rachel. And I didn't know any of this until I read this article in the Times today. In uh, They got married in 1946. She grew up, Rachel Isom, in South Los Angeles, and uh, she enjoyed visiting Exposition Park, the Rose Garden up there, as a little girl. She married Jackie Robinson a few weeks later. They had met at UCLA, and then they moved to Day- Daytona Beach, Florida, where he began his spring training career, and uh, it was brutal. Well, here's what the article reports. After taking time off to raise her three children, Rachel Robinson continued her education and enrolled at New York University before graduating with a psychiatric nursing degree in 1961. I had no idea. Maybe I had heard she was a nurse or something, but it just never, it never really clued into me when you think about this and that she graduated with a psychiatric nursing degree. She was passionate about mental health, which I, I think there's a lot to that story, right? If you're the the mental anguish that they both had to go through together as he entered the major leagues uh, was tremendous. And it I think that 
I think the Lord uses those things in our life to drive us in a certain direction to help other people. And that's the direction that she went. She continued her career as a researcher at New York's Albert Einstein College of Medicine. And, you know, 1961, 1961, it's not exactly an easy time for a woman to get an education and definitely not for a black woman to get an education. Imagine what she had to put up with and how hard she had to work, what she had to go through herself. The one story of discrimination that um, is told often about her is that it was very difficult for her to find a house. While Jackie was was training and with the Dodgers, she had to find a place to live. And there were several neighborhoods and housing developments that said no uh, because she was black, ultimately was the reason. And she had to go through that and deal with that herself. But imagine at the same time, she's taking care of kids. She's a baseball wife and she is uh, getting her education and becoming a nurse in a difficult field. Uh, She was a part of a team, according to the LA Times article, that produced the first American studies on whether acutely ill psychiatric patients could thrive while living at home with their families and receiving daily inpatient treatment. There's a lot of technical things there, but think about this for a while. And this is 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Okay, 60 years ago. I got to do the math there. 60 years ago, maybe we had almost a little bit better direction there when we're talking about mental health. And it's a whole other subject. But when I think about that, I think, you know, whether she's writing papers and studying whether or not acutely ill psychiatric patients could thrive while living at home with their families and receiving daily inpatient treatment. Um, that's harder to do today with our broken families, isn't it? Just to add something to the the mental illness conversation, maybe a lot of the trouble we have is that our, our families just aren't intact enough to take care of each other in that way. Just a side thing there, but this is what she was working on. Um, and to her, she seemed, according to this article, that she that this work was so utterly important to help people find a way to live with their families and receive the treatment that they need and to make sure that the families get support that they need in order to take care of these people. With all the different stuff that we're dealing with today, right there you've got a solution or at least a a path to go down to really help with mental illness. And Rachel Robinson was a big part of that in the 1960s. I'll bet it would be worthwhile to actually take a look back 60 years later at what that research is. Where did we lose that? Where did it become, let's not let the families and, and people take care of the mentally ill. Let's leave that to the government, which is eventually, I think, where it went with probably good intentions, the uh, asylums and all of that, that uh, eventually um, we stopped doing. And we didn't really go back to making sure families are taken care. I know a lot of families are, so it's not everybody, but there's such a a importance, I think, here. Rachel Robinson knew that. And in all of the stuff going on, her husband's in the major leagues, the the pressures that they had to face, I think it's impressive that she pursued these things and was successful. She would spend her time in the office, followed by nights at home taking care of her kids, and she's also taking care of her mom, Zell, who's living with the family. This woman is incredible. No wonder she lived to be 100 years old. Nothing can get her. Uh, It is an amazing story, Rachel Robinson. Do you have a, a story in your life where your faith just helped you get through really hard responsibilities, really hard things to do? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join the conversation or tell your own story about faith, 888-528-2557. 
We're talking about Rachel Robinson. Today is her 100th birthday. Rachel Robinson is Jackie Robinson's wife. It's baseball all-star game here in Los Angeles. You know, and I was looking for baseball players to uh, maybe talk about today and people's faith. But the interesting thing about it is uh, I, I stumbled on this from the L.A. Times. And, you know, the families of people who we know are famous or who have put through, gone through a whole lot of things, the spouses of those people, they all deserve an award. You know, they deserve something. We They get overlooked. Usually there's a nod to them. They get overlooked. The military does fairly well at this. If you ever go to a military ceremony, a retirement ceremony, or an award ceremony, there's usually, they're very well scripted and they're very well done. There's also usually a part where they invite the family up and they recognize that the spouse and the kids have sacrificed a lot for their country as well. And they're not the one up front getting the the award or the accolades necessarily, but they're usually given gifts or special awards for that, which I think is fantastic. And we should do that for each other. We ought to remember that there's always people behind people that we support that have done great things. Rachel Robinson is one of those people. After this uh, this work she did on mental illness, she became the Connecticut Mental Health Center's director of nursing. No idea that she did that. She held that position while also serving at Yale University as an assistant professor of nursing. This is this is Rachel Robinson. Isn't this impressive? I'm I'm impressed, and I'm impressed for so many reasons. The 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 timing of it, the 1960s. The pressure and that she's had to deal with just not just as a major league baseball wife, but as Jackie Robinson's wife and the the racial pressures that she had to deal with with him. But then also, um, you know, the uh, by this time, I think he was out of baseball and uh, the Dodgers had moved out here, but also dealing with a culture that very few black women or women in general were able to succeed in. She succeeded in tremendous ways while raising her family and taking care of her mom. This is an impressive woman. She would remain in nursing until Jackie Robinson's death in 1972. Uh, She quit her Yale position after that, and uh, she eventually founded a construction company after that, (laughs) that uh, completing a dream of her husband's. The purpose of the construction company was to build affordable housing. And that's what she started doing in the 70s. And in 1973, she founded the Jackie Robinson Foundation, and that still exists. Jackie Robinson Foundation. It's in New York. You can find it if you go online and you want to check it out. The Jackie Robinson Foundation has provided more than 1,800 scholars with more than $100 million in grants. And recipients of those grants have attended 260 colleges and universities, according to the foundation. Rachel Robinson is celebrating her 100th birthday today, 100 years old. So if you're watching the All-Star Game today, I hope that you do. Maybe you've got a little time with your family, even if you don't follow along. If you don't follow baseball, All-Star Game is fun, and you get to know all the top players in the league because they are there. And uh, sometimes there's great moments. There's usually lots of guests, and there's activities and other things. I'm looking around my desk here. I I still am unable to find my tickets for some reason. They've been missing. Um, And uh, I don't think I actually got any tickets. But them's the breaks. I know, but uh, one of these days, you know, I'll make it up there. There's there's so many things. I had lunch today with people who were going, and uh, I'm so excited for them. They get to go to this game, and they're excited about it, and um, uh, it's amazing. But as you're thinking about this, um, I I would think that it's possible that Major League Baseball would uh, acknowledge Jackie Robinson today, the 75th anniversary of his breaking the color barrier. But if you think about it, they may may 
also tip their hat in the direction of Rachel Robinson, who's still living. It's her 100th birthday. And if you watch that, take a moment to remember the breadth of her accomplishments. Mother, civil rights activist, housing advocate. She was an educational philanthropist. Uh, She was a very well-accomplished medical professional, and I bet we could still learn things from her her work in mental health. Um, You know, it doesn't sell tickets, what she did, but she's a hero. And she's definitely a hero to her kids who give her high praise. You know, we focus today on so often on the things that hold us back. We seem to be a culture that is has become very whiny about the hurdles that we have to get over because those hurdles are often not just sometimes they are they are not fair sometimes they're just hard and we complain about it what a waste of time you know what i think i think what holds us back is our level of faith i think that the the faith component of Jackie Robinson and his wife Rachel to push them through all of this stuff i think that's why they were successful they did it as a team. They often said, we, like we did this together. And they would say that we trusted God, that this was our calling to do something. And they did. And I believe this about you and I, and whatever it is, you know, what are your dreams? What are the things that are in your heart that you really want to accomplish? Like, what's the thing that God put on your heart that isn't necessarily on everybody else's heart, right? Sometimes there's a topic, you know, on our show or you see something on TV, and other people are kind of like, meh, whatever, but you just get riled up about it. See, I think God's doing that to you. And I think he's doing that because he's put a spark in you. And what he wants is you to have faith that maybe there's something he wants to do through you, even though it's hard. And you know what? I believe fervently that whatever it is that you think is going to hold you back from that thing that you know God is calling you to do, Number one, I think you can do it. You do it with faith. And if you have faith, God is going to open the door for you at his timing. And he's going to give you the fortitude. He's going to give you the perseverance. He is going to help you get through it, even if it's hard. Faith can move mountains. I think this is part of what this means. How has faith helped you get through the hardest parts of life? When you trusted God and you just went for it and it worked out. You can give me a call if you want to tell that story. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back with the Tuesday edition, the all-star edition of SoCal Live in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live all-star edition. 888-528-2557. 528-2557. Hey, do you have All-Star Game tickets? Are you going to uh, All-Star Game? Is at Dodger Stadium? Uh, are you on your way right now? Call me up. Tell me what you're seeing. Is it exciting? Is it exciting to go? 888-528-2557. You probably have more important things to do, but if you're listening, if you're in line, I know they opened up at about 2.30, so you might be in line waiting to get into the ballpark right now. And I uh, would love to hear your excitement. What do you have, you know, what do you hope happens um, if you get a chance, you know, I, I thought about getting tickets, you know, for real, but I thought I'd save the money for the World Series because Dodger manager Dave Roberts guaranteed us a world championship this year. So we're obviously going to be there. He didn't say which game, how many games. So I'll have to uh, maybe we'll give him a call, try to get him on the show and tell us what game, what game are they going to win? Is it going to go seven? Is it just four? You know, will it be here in town? Where should I get my tickets so I can be there for the final out? That would be pretty exciting. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. 
SoCalLive at KKLA.com if you want to send me an email. You know one of the fun things at, uh, at ball games that uh, has ended and it ended recently is when the peanut vendors actually throw the nuts at you when, from wherever they're at. They're not allowed to do this anymore because they're afraid that you're going to get hit in the face. I am not kidding. There are some peanut vendors up at uh, the ballpark who have been there for decades. And uh, Roger Owens is one of these guys, and he's known for his talent of pitching peanuts. If you happen to sit in his area, he was told just a few weeks ago he can no longer throw peanuts. You have to just hand them down the aisle. How lame is that? Now, at most ballparks, that's what you do. But here in Los Angeles, you better be paying attention or you're going to get hit in the head by a bag of nuts. And it just whack. It just hits you in the face. And, uh, you know, it doesn't feel very good. (laughs) So what I think it's it's just because I guess we're just suing each other now. We just can't have this kind of fun. And uh, or maybe maybe people are just so uncoordinated now they just can't catch them because that was always part of it is that you would catch the the bag and you it was almost as good as catching a foul ball, and uh, it was amazing. There's another guy who I think I think he passed away, but when I was a kid I remember going to the ballpark and we would deliberately sit in this section. And the guy's name was Richard Aller, and he was a peanut you know vendor at Dodger Stadium. And what he used to do is he would run down to the front row. So he'd start at the, the top of the aisle, and he'd run down the stairs to the front row. And he'd have peanuts in both hands, and he'd hold them in the air, and he'd go, nuts, 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 nuts. And he got everybody's attention. And then you'd, you'd put your hand up, and he'd throw the bag at you. And he could throw it one, two, three aisles over. It was unbelievable. And the most amazing thing was is that he would remember who he threw the bags to, and then he'd come back for the money like two innings later. Because he had to go up and down the aisle, and he would deal with everybody kind of in that aisle he was in. But when he got over to you, he would remember every single one. And that was one of the things we did at the game was we would, we would pay attention. Is he going to forget all those bags of peanuts that he, uh, that he threw out? And, you know, that's something that I think maybe is unique to baseball. Uh, maybe it's, I think it's because of the pace of the game, right? I asked uh, my friends today who were going to the game, I said, what are you looking forward to at the game the most today? And I was expecting them to talk about a player that they wanted to see, maybe uh, uh, Otani, and they wanted to see him do well. They're from you know Orange County. I wanted to say maybe they were excited to make sure they could see whoever. And he said, no, I'm most excited to be there with my friend. And I thought, that is that is the right answer. That's a very baseball answer. And I think because of the pace of the game, there is something great about it where you can go with your family or go with your friends. I know it costs a million dollars today. There are some websites that you can get a break on, though, eBay and StubHub and some places. If you want to go a little bit cheaper or don't go to a game that's sold out, you can sit out in the outfield and it's still a little bit cheaper. It's not the $5 that it was a few years ago. That was amazing. Remember that? You could go to a Dodger game and sit in the outfield um, and pay five bucks. And uh, they 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 didn't sell alcohol out there until I think they do now, but they didn't uh, until a few years ago. And that's because it was rowdy enough already. The five dollar people, well, they're getting in fights, and uh, you know, of course, they're getting in fights because they're they're drinking something out of their binoculars. People are sneaking it in and doing that kind of thing all the time. So that was also uh, part of the ball game experience. Isn't it great though? to be with friends. Isn't it great to have something to do that is relational? Maybe baseball's not your thing, but I was so impressed that the the thing he's looking forward to the most at the All-Star game is going there with friends. That's what I, you know, when I think about it, there's a few moments in the games that I remember, but mostly I remember the people I went with and what a great time we had. 
I went there in my senior year in high school. A bunch of us bought tickets, like 40 of us. We all got tickets, and we sat right behind home plate in the reserve level, which is not the top deck, but right below it. It's way up high. And if you ever sit up there, it's really steep, right? you gotta be, you got to be really careful walking down those stairs. Well, we stopped at every uh, drugstore along the way and cleaned them out of beach balls. And if you ever go to a game, there's somebody's blowing up a beach ball and you toss it around and you kind of hit it around. The whole idea is to keep it away from the vendor. You're not really supposed to do that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And as soon as the vendor grabs it, everybody boos and, you know, it's great. Well, we got, we all had beach balls. I think we, we blew up like 50 beach balls at the same time. We had them all under our chairs and our whole thing was we're going to let them go all at once. And we did. And we were sitting way up high. And so we were, you know, like row, you know, double Z or something that's, that goes all the way almost to the top. And we all did. We blew up these beach balls all at the same time. And uh, we let them go at the same time. Now, the bummer was, it's so steep up there. All the beach balls just went really fast down into the lower levels. And they were just gone in a hurry, which was a bummer. But the great thing was, is we got on the news. We all went home and we turned on the news and they showed that scene because the camera's always facing that direction. And you couldn't see our faces because it wasn't HD, but you saw all the beach balls just going crazy and going right down the... Uh, right down into the lower levels and then people booing us of course because that was stupid but uh it was an awful lot of fun that's the that's the memories that i have of going to games a lot with friends i have uh you do you have those kinds of memories you have a uh an event memory it doesn't have to be a baseball memory uh baseball fits today because it is uh the All-Star Game, but give me a call. You can share that memory, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. My my best friend growing up had season tickets in the front row by – those seats are now are not the front row anymore because they added all these other seats, but it's box level, and they're out by the foul pole in left field. And it was amazing. Dusty Baker was the left fielder. If you're old enough to remember him, he's now the uh, – who's the manager of uh, – he's the manager of somebody. I think he was World Series manager last year and uh, lost. Uh, manager of the Astros. He's the manager of the uh, cheating Astros. Uh, Dusty Baker's not a cheater. The Astros, they're the, they're the forever the cheating Astros. Well, um, you're out of here! What? Yeah, should have happened that way. Anyway, he his thing was bubblegum. You can't do this anymore either because if you sat out in left field, you would Dusty Baker would come out in the first inning of the game and you would chuck ba- bubblegum at him. And I mean, there'd be hundreds, hundreds of packages of, of bubble yum and, and hubba bubba being and, you know, thrown out at Dusty Baker. And, you know, he's just standing there and he'll pick up a couple and then the bat boy would come out and pick up the rest of them. And one of those games I threw, they used to have this gum, it's called Tidal Wave, and it was grape and you would chew into it and inside was some kind of sugary goop and it would just explode out all over the place. It was amazing. And I remember I threw one of those and I hit him right in the leg. And he picked it up and he put it in his pocket. I was very honored by this. And then he hit a home run, which I, of course, gave credit uh, to my gum uh, that he had picked up. Well, we were sitting down there one game. And, you know, you get to the the end of the game and uh, people are drinking a lot. I think maybe people drank more beers then than they do now. But they might have been extra watered down then. I don't know that there was any limit. I was at some Dodger game where they put up on the screen that they had broken all records for beer sales on a particular night. This might have been the night. And there were a lot of people who were intoxicated around us. Well, this guy, uh, he reached out for a foul ball and he went out on the field during the game. So he got arrested. You know, and they take you. There's Dodger jail. I have a friend who went to Dodger jail. It's down below and uh, they put you in there if you interfere with the ball in play. 
And you can be prosecuted for that, actually. There's there's some law that you can actually break by doing that. Anyway, this guy gets taken to, to Dodger jail, and somehow he had, he had been pretty obnoxious, so we were kind of glad that he was getting taken away. And that was, I don't know, the fourth or fifth inning. No joke, at some point in the eighth inning or ninth inning, this same guy comes running down the aisle and jumps over the railing. He had escaped from Dodger jail. And he got out of Dodger jail, and he got out on the field and started cheering, going, yes, yes. And uh, I don't know. I have that that memory. I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I'll never forget the guy who uh, escaped from Dodger jail. So he must have got out of custody, or they were escorting him out of the stadium, or he said he would leave. I don't know, but he was he was very proud of himself uh, for uh, getting out of there. And uh, and uh, he, he came and he let us all know. <laughs> Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, and uh, those are some of the best memories that I've got with uh, you know friends growing up, just going to games and doing all that. Do we still have that? You know, I, some things have changed. I lived in Palmdale, so about an hour away from Dodger Stadium, and we used to you know ride down to Dodger Stadium in the back of a Toyota pickup truck, right down the five during a you know rush hour, listening to uh, Jim Healy, and uh, it was uh, um, crazy. And you can't do that anymore. Uh, those days. Now I look back at it and I'm horrified by that. Right? I it didn't it didn't bother me at all being in the back of that truck. You just held on and uh, you went the whole time. And that was the world that we lived in and uh today if my kids were doing that they would be in so much trouble. Is that lame? I guess that but I think that's the way it is. Did did we mature or are we too wimpy now? I think we've matured because I know that there are, there are stories out there of horrific accidents because of that. And uh, we just had to get better. The world has has changed quite a bit. I think that's uh, something about baseball is every time it gets into uh, too much about the money and too much about things that are outside of baseball, other sports like that, it kind of ruins it because what you know if it gets political or other things, it ruins it because you're just there to have a good time with your friends. You don't want to hear right or left politics. It is an escape. It's why we call it a pastime. It is something that we want to get out and just be with people. Can I encourage you, whatever you're doing, if you're if you're watching the game today, invite some people over. Invite some neighbors over. Watch it with some people. Go down to a restaurant. Go down to Chili's or wherever they got it on and, uh, and watch the game with people. And if the sports isn't your thing, do something with people. Make a plan. I think that we're too lonely. I think maybe... In one sense, the COVID and all the shutdowns brought us to a place where we're too easily able to not be with people. And I think it's hurting us. We're supposed to be with people. We're made to be with God and we're made to be with people. That's how we're designed. That's how the maker has has rigged it for us to be. And if you're struggling with uh, some things, I think that'll help you a lot. Be with people. If you're watching the game, go watch it with people. Invite somebody over. You can make hot dogs. You can do something cheap. You can go get some chips and dip you know, and uh, enjoy, enjoy your evening. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation is the number. I'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, All-Star Game Edition. All-Star Game in Los Angeles beginning here soon, right after this program. This is your pregame show. Right here. We won't talk about baseball the whole time. I promise. 
But you can join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. A lot of people uh, visiting Southern California because of the All-Star Game, people from all around the country. And if you are listening, the Los Angeles Police Department has issued the following safety tips to the public amid the spike of robberies that we've been having. And uh, this is this is for real. This is something that we, we have to do in our town. Um be aware, and it kind of struck me, if you're from out of town, how how would you take some of these warnings? So what's been going on is there's been a more recent increase, you've probably seen on the news, of robberies around uh, L.A. in particular. And uh, there was one in, in Malibu where people just cleaned out this store. And the, the woman who works there, there's a video online, and, and people are just taking everything off the shelf. And she's just saying, thank you, thank you for shopping, thank you for shopping with us, thank you, thank you. <laughs> just kind of this sarcastic way of uh, saying it. And what do you do? That, that you can't do anything, they're just, they, a bunch of people run in the store and they take away all of your stuff and we're probably not going to prosecute because it wasn't enough money or something. And uh, that is where we're at. Well, so the LAPD sent out in a, uh, a tweet about the ongoing crime tre- trend, which also includes follow-home robberies, okay, with suspects, according to Fox 11 News, suspects finding their victims in popular areas, such as Melrose Avenue in the Jewelry District, as well as nightclubs and high-end restaurants. You know, with what we're paying at restaurants, isn't everything a high-end restaurant now? I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, the... <laughs> I I still am shocked, shocked at some times I come out. I came out of like a California pizza kitchen. I thought I was going to die, you know, like the not because of the food. The food was fantastic. You know, it was all right. But I looked at the bill like, what did we order? You know, we didn't order dessert. We didn't order any appetizers. Just mom, dad, two kids and a couple of pizzas. And uh, there you go. Everything. So everything is a high end restaurant these days. So anyway, uh, you got to be careful out there. Here here are the the warnings. And uh, these are for real, okay? Uh, be aware of one's surroundings for anything unusual or out of the ordinary before before exiting your car, walking out of a restaurant, store, mall, or club. I guess if you're visiting from out of town and you heard that, then you're going to uh, not get out of the car anywhere on Hollywood Boulevard because everything is unusual or out of the ordinary. You're just going to sit in your car and, and knock it out. Not necessarily the uh, fancy neighborhood that you were looking for, by the way. Unfortunately, and I think it was worse a while ago. I mean, I'm sorry to say is that it's actually might be a little. I think it got better and now it's on the way back down again. I think that's how I would describe it. When I was a kid, we used to come down and we'd walk a little kid, walk the Hall of Fame. I don't even know who these people are on there and not anymore. You know, I, I, you know, sneak my kids into that Hyperion Theater or the Man's Chinese. It's not even Man's Chinese, whatever the Chinese theater is called now. And um but then you you hurry back to the car and uh, don't take your picture necessarily with those guys dressed as Spider-Man or Superman. They do not work for the theater, by the way. You just should know that. They are just dudes who decided to dress up, who identify as Spider-Man. The guy in the Batman outfit, he thinks he is Batman, and that's how he identifies. And uh, legally, you have to treat him as Batman. That's the way it is. So be careful. Uh, Number two, be cautious displaying high-value property in public, such as purses, watches, and jewelry. All right. Do you display high-value property? I mean, you're probably not walking down the street with your uh, Picasso or something with you, but, uh, you know, you never know. 
and your your watch, your Apple Watch, or your um, your iPhone, or whatever you got. I suppose that's uh, that's all for the taking. You know, with all this theft going on, though, something that does amaze me is that even in neighborhoods where you expect that kind of thing to happen, a cultural thing you can do is you can go to a coffee shop somewhere, and when you get up to use the restroom or you get up to order a drink or something, how do you save your table? You leave your thousand dollar phone there on the table, and somehow people know. They're not supposed to take that phone, and uh, that saves your table. It's amazing to me that we do that and that somehow that works. And all of this crime and the theft and everything, uh, people just do that. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Number three, record and report suspicious activity to the police. And they put down, uh, write down suspicious vehicle and suspect descriptions. Uh, do we write down anything anymore? Do we just bring out our phone? And do it. I, that's what I, when it said record, that was what actually crossed my mind. It was not writing it down. Like you've got some kind of, you know, Thomas Brothers map in the glove compartment that you can write on. You don't have that anymore. Just pull out. There's always a video of it today. That's amazing. Uh, and report it to the police so that they won't be able to do anything later. Um, that's not true of everything. Okay. And our, you know, our police are doing a fine job. There's a, there's a problem with the prosecutors and that's why we've got not actually there's a, there's a one prosecutor there's a problem with, and he's in charge. That's why there's a recall election. All right. If you're driving and you believe you are being followed, call nine one one. Uh, if possible, drive to the nearest police station. You know, that's something to think about. Do you ever think you're being followed? Uh, if so, dial nine one one. Uh, if the car following you has bigger red lights on top and is screaming at you to pull over, you probably should just pull over. There's a reason that guy's following you. Uh, if you're being robbed, do not. I can't believe that we have to put this out, that that the Los Angeles Police Department, this is our world, friends. We have to put this out. If you are being robbed, do not resist the robbery suspects. Cooperate and comply with their demands and be a good witness. I don't think they mean tell them about Jesus. Probably not. I think it means maybe if those guys ever end up in court, you will get to be alive long enough to testify against them. Um, and that, you know, that's good advice. Just let them have it. You know, your your wallet, your cash in your wallet, your credit cards, it's not worth losing your life or getting injured. You know, most criminals, they just want you, they just want your stuff. They can have your stuff. Uh, after a robbery, immediately call police via 911. Immediately write down everything you can remember about the crime, suspect, suspects, and suspect vehicle. That is important. Um, do that immediately after. Um, you can just record yourself. You can make a video. You probably have a video thing on your phone. Just make a video of yourself saying it if you can't write it down. Uh, write it down. Do not chase or follow the robbery suspect out of your home or business. Leave the job of catching the subjects to the police. <laughs> that, you know, also, also true. Um, that is something that you, you really shouldn't do that. I know that, that we're celebrating the, the guy in Indiana who shot the guy at the mall. Um, if you don't know that story, there was a, a, uh, attempted mass shooting and I think it almost qualifies for a mass shooting but he didn't shoot enough people because a shopper was carrying a weapon and uh, and shot the shooter. And uh, the police are actually giving him quite a bit of of credit for for that. This is uh, the the sheriff in town talking about that. I will say um, his actions were nothing short of heroic. Um, he engaged the the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun. Uh, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound. 
and as he moved to uh, close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. Um, he has, to our knowledge, uh, he has no police training and no uh, military background. Yeah, so that's an incredible story. You know, don't pretend you're that guy unless you're that guy, though. He, you know, he had some kind of training. I hate to say it. It's probably Call of Duty training or something. I don't know. Maybe he had some better training uh, than that. Um, but the police are saying that if you're going to do that, he did it in the right way. And he wasn't the one being robbed. He became aware of what was happening. It was a ongoing active shooter situation. And, you know, in the training for those things, you are either supposed to run if you can or barricade yourself or you have to attack the shooter if you can. And um, because even if you call the police and uh, most of the time the police are going to run in and help you, it's going to be a few minutes. And by the time they get there, the damage has been done. Um, so good for that guy. But in the meantime, if you're getting mugged or you, you're around something, you know, use good judgment. Try to be wise about that. And, uh, you know, LAP, I'm joking about it a little bit because uh, I am trying to cope with it. That's how I deal with things. I cope. I joke. That's how I cope. I might put that on a T-shirt or a mug. Um, but it is very serious. And as we think about our town and we think about the, the blessing it is that we have the All-Star Game right now, we've got the Olympics in uh, six years. Six years, the Olympics will be starting uh, this week, six years from this week here in Los Angeles. And uh, we need to resolve these issues before that. Um, we need to make sure that we are uh, a safe place for people of the world. We, should, we can take pride in our, our town that way. Because people are going to come from all over the world, and uh, hopefully we don't have to put out a whole bunch of warnings um, for people who are visiting us. We should be hospitable in every way. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep praying that that's what happens here in Southern California. The Olympics are going to be all up and down the coast, maybe even as low as uh, uh, far south as San Francisco, or I'm far south. I guess it's south if you just turn around to the other way. I'm in San Diego, and uh, nothing's happening up there in San Francisco uh, for the Olympics this year. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and it is good to be with you today. It is All-Star Day here in Southern California, and I hope that you got some plans uh, for that. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some other things. I'm going to ask you this question, maybe something you can think about. Is there a Bible character who is your All-Star character? And you can't say Jesus, okay? he's He is your All-Star. Let's just, that's the default, okay, for sure. Is there a character in the Bible that when you read about that character, you are particularly inspired, you are encouraged, you are uplifted. Who would be your all-star Bible character that uh, you know about? You can give me a call right now if you want to share that story. We'll get to you after we get back from the break. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can also get a copy of this program if you ever miss an hour of the show. Go to kkla.com. Look for the SoCal Live page under the program guide. And uh, the podcast is right there. It's usually posted not too long after the show is over. And, um, yeah, check us out there, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We're on every day from 3 to 5. We'll be back in just a moment for Hour 2. Don't go away. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.